Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 31 of Talking Blues. Haven't been here in about a week, uh, just shy of a day. We did one on Friday, previewing this more more calm game, more more calm game, more calm game, whatever. Uh, we beat them. <laughs> it's finally over. I won't have to pronounce the team name. Now we have to move on to another team, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. We got a few, we got a few things coming up here on Talking Blues episode 31. Got some Chelsea updates, some FA Cup opponents, which I just mentioned, but Quick recap, Chelsea fans, you all know what happened because this happened a few days ago now. Chelsea had a 4-0 win against Morecambe and or Morecambe. And guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, Kepa Ariza Balaga had a clean sheet in this game. First time, I feel like, that Kepa has had a clean sheet this season. We got the Chelsea, we got the we got the Chelsea merch up by Alex right now. He's happy. He's celebrating. We got to go from Mason Mount, Timo Werner, uh, CHL, Calum Hudson Adoy, and Kai Havertz. The Germans connecting on one of them with the header uh, and the goal. Finally, a connection. It took forever. It took a team in the, what was it, the fourth tier of English football for them to finally get a connection. We saw some players in there that we don't normally see. We have Peter still on the podcast. Clap it up for Peter. Thank you, Peter. Peter is lucky enough to stay on this podcast for this episode and throughout the rest of the podcast because he made the deal right here on Talking Blues episode 30. If you haven't heard it already, go back and listen that if Chelsea lost this game, he would be done with the podcast. (laughs) Chelsea luckily won this game, so he's here with us today. And uh, Chelsea controlled possession 84% of it, had 25 shots to more comes three. Let's let's start it off with Peter. You know, since he had such strong thoughts on this one, what do you think of this game? 
Um, I don't know whether I should be too positive about it because, like you said, they're a team in the fourth tier. So even I want to take a have a bunch of takeaways that are all positive because we played well. But then again, it's against a team that we should be beating and playing very well against. And you mentioned Kepa getting a clean sheet. I don't even want to count it as a clean sheet, but he did get a clean sheet. But I mean, at the, at the beginning of the game, he almost gave away a terrible goal. It was a cross in from, I think it was the right side, and he was way out of position and it almost went in from a cross. If he let that in, he would never have played again, but he didn't. Kept a clean sheet. Congrats to him. I'm, a, I'm not too proud of him because I expected it, but good for him. Maybe he starts to get some confidence back. Um, also, like you said, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner linking up. I think this was a really, really important game um, for both of them, but especially for Kai Havertz, because him coming in, finally playing at a position where, where he's used to, and being able to score and assist uh, is going to give him a confidence boost. And he looked much, much better. I'm not sure if that's just because the quality of opponents was worse, or if he's finally getting back to where he was before he got COVID. But I mean, good from both of them. Hakim Ziyech played well, played really well, actually. I don't know. I mean, he made a bunch of great balls. He's the most dangerous player on the pitch on our team by far. Um, Callum Hudson-Odoi played amazing again. Should start almost every game besides when he needs rest. I mean, I mean overall, we just played really well, I think. And I said it I said it before at the beginning, I said it in the middle, I'll say it again. It is a fourth tier, so you don't want to get too excited about it because anything you take away, you realize that we probably can't play that well again against uh, a team that's actually in the Premier League. But if there was a team we would play well against, it's actually Fulham who we're playing next, which is, I guess, beneficial to our confidence. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, in terms of the perform, I like Callum Hudson-Odoi played very well. Um, you know, it was good to see Werner and Havertz get um a goal each but you know they didn't really have the best game um hopefully it's just their form and their mentality will be a little bit better after it and you know I don't feel the need to really talk about it it was a must-win game we won it pretty easily um at least you know once we got the first goal and the second goal it kind of was very smooth from there they really only had what one chance that one where Kepa was out of position like you mentioned um so Besides that, there's not really much to talk about um, with that game. But we're on to the next round. And Josh, who are we playing in the next round? Because I think we got a pretty nice draw once again. Yeah, we did get a pretty nice draw. At least they're not in the fourth tier of English football. They're competing. They're 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 there. You know, they it's London Town uh, in the championship. So second tier of, of uh, English football and. Sure, you can say they're competing. Not really. They're 14th in the championship, so they could even be looking to move down. But with the teams at the at the bottom of of the championship, it does not. It looks pretty promising for them. Let's just say they're in 30. They have 30 points, and then the bottom three teams. Let's see, have 15, 16, and 19. Um, so I think I think they'll be okay. They'll be able to stay um, in the championship. But yeah, another good draw for Chelsea. That'll be on the 23rd. Um, Saturday the 23rd at 10 a.m. that game. So we'll definitely, you know, keep you updated with that one. I'm sure we'll, we'll probably be giving you a preview or at least talking about it. We'll talk about it in some capacity, whether it's either preview and recap. Just uh, It's either going to be a preview and a recap or just a recap of the game. 
um, for that one. And I think we should go on to the game that Chelsea is going to be playing this weekend, though, and that's going to be Fulham. Um, and some stuff kind of leading up to that. Well, first of all, I like to mention this. Uh, Fulham is close to the bottom of the table in 18th with 11 points. Um, so this should be a game that we can win right now. It's looking like they're going to be relegated. And then Chelsea is sitting comfortably in ninth, I guess you can say. Um, not so comfortably for me, but comfortably for them. Um, that game's going to be 1230 on Saturday, East Coast, and then 530 p.m. for all you British viewers. And then let's let's get into them. Let's get into some stuff before we go into this game. Um, injury updates. We know ZX started in this game, so it seems like he's getting more healthy. Reese James is still a question mark for Chelsea. And then some, you know, I'm putting up a lot of things right now. Um, there have been a few teams that have been linked with Fakayo Tomori, the biggest ones I've been seeing for a loan. And I think uh, Frank Lampard actually kind of hinted towards that to, uh, at his press conference after the Morecambe game. That was Bayern Munich and AC Milan. Uh, or AC Milan are the, are the top two teams that seem to be in the running for a Tamori loan deal. And then Jorginho, I just put this in there. There's no teams that are linked with him, but it seems like because of his recent play, he's sitting on the bench a lot more. A lot of people are starting over him. So maybe we see, we talked about this before the season, how much depth we have at the midfield position, and maybe we see him getting sold somewhere. So a lot of things. You guys can, you know, break it down, the loans, the, the selling, and the uh, injury updates for Chelsea all in one. Well, first off, it's, I think, really the only option for Tamori. I've been seeing that he, there's a bunch, uh, a lot of interest from AC Milan on Tamori. But I don't know if that's, it's obviously I want to be alone. I don't want to sell him permanently. He's really talented. He just needs to get playtime, which is why I don't really know if if going to AC Milan is the best option for him. because. I don't want him to go somewhere where he's not going to be guaranteed playtime because if he's not guaranteed playtime at AC Milan, why doesn't he just stay here with us? And then if we need him, we can use him. But if he gets playtime there, because clearly Frank doesn't want to use him or give him any playtime or at least not any substantial playtime, I think it's a good move. He needs to get playtime somewhere. But if, <clears throat> sorry, but if AC Milan isn't giving him playtime, I don't think we should loan him. But if they are, I think it's a, a really good place for him to develop and eventually come back and fight for a spot in the starting 11. Yeah, I mean, Milan's an interesting place. Uh, I, I don't know exactly like where they are in the Serie A, um, but I believe that, you know, they, they've they been doing well recently. So it might, yeah, they're top of the table. So I think a, a lone move there might be really interesting for Tamori. Um, and they're really doing well, maybe in a, tight race trying to win the title against teams that you know you know Milan I don't think are the best team in the Serie A at the moment um in terms of talent wise so they're definitely gonna have a tough uh challenge to stay up top um at the top of the table so I think Tamori there would be quite nice don't believe I'm not sure who exactly their center backs are he might even get starting minutes there um but yeah I'm a fan of that move um if he were to go there I think Syria is a decent place for him to go. Maybe the Bundesliga. And I think those are the kind of two places I'd want him to go. And obviously the best would be for him to just stay in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with any of that. He's not, you know, in Frank Lampard's favor at the moment. He needs minutes to develop. And I think it would be a good thing for him if he is uh, moved elsewhere. 
Well, we obviously know about Romagnoli, right? So who else? I I I don't know either, Alex. Who else is there? Um, you know, if you guys want to check that out and let me know in a minute. But yeah, they are top of the table, so maybe they're gonna want someone like Fakaya Tamori to start in their games that, you know, are important or aren't as important. It's AC Milan, then Inter Milan with thirty seven points, uh, AC Milan at forty, and then Roma, then Juventus, and then Atalanta, Napoli, you know. So um, you know, they might want a competitor, uh, a competitive player and a nice, I would say, like fastest center back on Chelsea in Fakayo Tomori. Um, and then, you know, because you have Tiago Silva, who's not pretty, he's not pretty fast. And then uh, Zuma, I feel like is just kind of like a taller, stronger guy. He, he doesn't really focus on his quickness, where I feel like Tomori is more of a quicker center back, which you don't really see um, that much. So he might be a good player to get. Um, and then... That's really, you know, all I have. If you guys want to say anything before the lineups, you know, go ahead right now and, and let me know. Um, I think I looked it up. The center backs on their roster, they have KJAIR, which is Norwegian, and they have Masaccio, who is Argentinian and Italian, who I don't think are the best center backs in the world. So I think if he doesn't start, he definitely gets some minutes in some games. So I think that might be a good move. And then also, you talked about Zuma. I think Zuma is actually kind of like sneaky fast. Obviously, like you said, he doesn't focus on his quickness. But I think if he gets to top speed, he's actually pretty, pretty fast. Yeah, I'm not pronouncing that last name as much as you are, Peter. So we'll we'll just we'll just go on to the lineup prediction against Fulham. Uh, for me, I'm gonna once again have a four three three. It's Lampard's favorite uh, formation. It seems to be. I'm gonna have in goal. Eduardo Mendy, good job, Keppa. We're not having you start again after that clean sheet. So don't worry about it and sit and enjoy, you know, the bench. And then my, let's see, we'll go center backs, Tiago Silva, Kurt Zuma, the obvious ones. Yep, I say it every time I think they're going to start. Mendy, Silva, Zuma, they're going to be in there pretty much every game besides the rest. Yeah, uh, I think the back four, back five with Mendy is pretty solid at this point of who's going to be playing. Um, when everyone's available. So I'm going to go with Silva, Zuma, Mendy, like you guys just mentioned. And for from, for my fullbacks, um, Reese James obviously has been out, but he was spotted at practice um, on Tuesday. So there's a chance he could be playing, and I think Frank's job is pretty close to on the line. He's going to want his best team out there. As he hasn't looked as solid as he used to be, I think Reese James and Ben Chilwell will get the starts at uh, fullbacks. I agree. I think... As P, uh, no, I'm as P Emerson. I mean, they played well in the game. I think they'll stay in there. Or sorry, not Emerson, Chilwell. I think Chilwell will is and as P will be there. Yes, very, 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 very definitively. Even though I've been confused about it. I'm going to have James back in there. I think since he's been saw, spotted at practice on Tuesday, he's got a lot of time to prep for this game. Um, Alex had some. Some uh, some text going back and forth about Asby maybe hanging up his boots or Alex wanting Asby to hang up his boots. So he can defend himself there. How to put that out there. Ben Chilwell, Reese James, left back and right back. We'll go to my midfielders. No Ingolo Conte for this game as um, he's picked up too many cards <laughs> playing in this one. So he's going to have – he has a one-to-match suspension. Um, not going to be able to play against Fulham. If there's any you know club that we don't – that we're not going to be able to have Conte. I feel like this would be the best game for it, either this one or an FA Cup match, um, or an early round FA Cup match. 
For me, it's going to be uh, in the defensive midfield role. I mentioned Jorginho earlier, not starting. Mateo Kovacic, and then Mason Mount, Frank Lampard's favorite. And I think because he got a goal, might as well give him another try against a Premier League club that's struggling, just like Chelsea, but not as badly. Kai Havertz, I'm going to have him get the start in the midfield. I, uh, I'm i debating between two players for the kind of holding midfielder slot, but Mountain Havertz, I think, will be in there. Hopefully Havertz can continue his run of, I mean, not really a run of form if he's only played well once, but continue him the momentum from the last game. And I think I'll go Gilmore getting a start at CDM, see how he plays against a team that obviously isn't the best Premier League opposition, but is definitely better than uh, uh, Morecambe. I'm here to defend myself about the Aspie comments. Um, This was in, what, the Man City game. I was a little bit upset. I thought he was getting beaten a little bit too much. Aspie is still one of my favorite Chelsea players of all time. Done great service to this club. He will continue doing greatness for this club. And he's staying because we desperately need him at the moment. Um, And we also don't have any other options. And I also love Aspie, so... I'm sorry. I apologize. Aspie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, there's my, there's my defense. <laughs> well, no, no, no. One thing before you go to your midfield. You, so you said, yeah, this is all during the Man City game. You had one retire Aspie, right? So that's fine. You know, you can say that. And then you came back with, in a, in a little later after we're going, you know, back and forth on text when Chelsea's down, what, 2 3 nil at this point. Retire Aspie, retire, please, at halftime. And then... Once again, Asby needs to retire, and then one more, uh, Asby retire. So there was like five Asby retire um, there. Sorry to pour it on, Alex, but uh, you can go on to your midfield now. So for my midfield, um, this is a tough – you know, I'm really struggling with all of it, to be honest, of, uh, after the defense. So knowing Golo Kante really makes it difficult. Um, because you could definitely play only one holding midfielder, I think, with N'Golo Conte. But I'm not sure if you could do that with the rest of the personnel we have available. We are playing Fulham, so I still think he's going to be able to do that. I'm going to go Kovacic in that holding role, um, along with Kai Havertz and Mason Mount as the two more attacking mids. Mason Mount comes back, sits a little bit deeper, probably is going to support Kovacic a little bit more defensively, hopefully. And, you know, Kai Havertz in that number 10 role. And I think that's where I'm going to have him. Yeah, then that, that's what I'm going to go with. Okay, I'll move on to my attackers. Um, this one is the toughest one, in my opinion, because we have so many good players. But I, I think definitely I'll start with striker because I'm pretty sure that Timo Werner will be in there again. Obviously scored last game. Can hopefully continue get another goal start a goal streak instead of a goal drought and then that it's obviously there's two spots and i think there's obviously three options in zayic uh cho and polisic and it's tough and i think i'm gonna go hakim zayic i'll go hakim zayic on the on the right and then Callum Hudson and on the left. So keep the same front three. Uh, we uh, keep keep the best front three, in my opinion, from that game. Who? And I think 
they all played well together. Obviously, Ziyech had great balls. Kalamats and Doi scored the goal from a Ziyech ball. Hopefully, they can combine like that in this game and get us a win. I wouldn't be surprised if Felissa comes on for either whoever's performing badly close to like the 60th, 70th minute, but I think Ziyech and Kalamats and Doi will be the two wingers. All right, so for me, um, this might actually be like throughout the whole season, the hardest front three I had to do. Um, I think we're all going to differ on this section. So for me, I'm going to have Christian Pulisic on the left side, Calum Hudson-Odoi on the right side, and I'm going to have Olivier Giroud starting at striker. He's been the most consistent best player at striker position for Chelsea. Just because Timo Werner gets a goal, I don't think that means he completely flipped the script. Um, We have to take into account that he's sucked and been struggling the last few games when he started, besides that one game where he gets a goal from a good job, from Kai Havertz, so I'm just I'm I'm not to, I'm not giving him credit for that. I think Olivier Giroud starts, and then yeah, knows knows the act for me. Maybe he comes on as a sub, CHO at right wing, and then Christian Pulisic at left wing. So I agree with you. This is definitely a tough one, and it really depends on Frank's mindset here. Does he see this as a must must win game, or does he see this as a game where he's trying to put together all the pieces like we have been pretty much all season? It depends on how much Frank seems to think his job's on the line. Judging by his lineup against Morricum, I'm going to guess that he is obviously pretty concerned. But I don't think... I'm I'm just having a tough time with it, but I think they're going to go Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech. Um, and the one that I'm really struggling with is I think Olivier Giroud may start if Frank is really nervous about what could happen in this game against Fulham, watch Olivier Giroud because he'll be starting. Um, but, you know, maybe he's trying to grow with Timo Werner and his confidence he just scored. It's very complicated. I'm going Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech. Um, but, yeah. And, and on Fulham, by the way, I don't think anyone's mentioned this, but our uh, old friend Ruben, Loftus, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, um, who's there on loan, will most likely be playing against us. So that'll be uh, an interesting matchup. Um, for us. So that'll be exciting to see how he's been doing because um, I've been watching a lot of Fulham games um, either. And, and one more thing, I know I'm going on and on now, but Fulham are actually playing, um, well, when you're listening to this, most likely yesterday, Wednesday, um, after, or Wednesday afternoon in the US or uh, night in the UK. So they're only going to have two days of rest, which is um, definitely something to be concerned about. Chelsea obviously haven't played since Sunday. So, uh, you know, we, we've got some extra rest there. And obviously Fulham, being a smaller club, they don't have as much depth. So um, they might be putting out the same lineup that they've just played uh, with, you know, against Spurs, who obviously are also really tough opposition. So they might be really drained um, coming into this game against us. Anyone else's thoughts before we, uh, mainly Peter, any, any thoughts before we, we go into the outro? Um, just that it, I agree with Alex that it's going to be interesting to see if Ruben Loftus-Cheek plays and if he does, how well he's been developing, because I haven't really been following how he's been playing at all, but I mean, hopefully we see him and I mean, hopefully he doesn't play well so we can win, but hopefully we see that it's promising and his development's going well and his recovery is going well. He's got one goal. That's all I know. I think he's Played in like 10, yeah, 10 matches, one goal, and one yellow card is what I have here for like the basic stats like that. Um, If you guys want to pull up anything else, you let me know. But I'll go right into the outro. 
Go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Alex will have game updates and episode updates when episode comes when an episode comes out. A new episode. Um, episodes come out at least once a week. Um, closer to the end of the week, obviously the previews for the games on the weekend. Sometimes two week if it's needed. And um, yeah, we're just gonna keep out putting. We're gonna keep on putting out episodes every week. So please keep on listening. Thank you so much for you know all the listeners we've been getting around the world. We really appreciate it. Give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We're not able to write a review. Just drop five stars. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us a shout out to one or share with one friend. Share with friends and family. Be sure to share on your social medias, especially Twitter is the best one because that's where we have the Twitter. Tag us at Talking Blues Pod. So we know you did so. Once again, thank you so much for listening to episode number 31 of the Talking Blues podcast. We will see you next week for another Chelsea recap. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.